0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Good morning, everybody. Rolling early again today on our Cell High special episode for week nine of the NBA season. I am Dan Bespris, and this is Fantasy NBA Today. You can find me on social at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just... This is the easy way. Just Google search Dan from Sports Ethos or Dan from Hoopball, and that'll pop right up there. We've got a quick recap coming up from uh, what we've had on our previous couple of sell-high shows, and then we'll dive into a handful of new names here. And admittedly, this becomes, I want to sort of preface the sell-high show where the first five or six weeks of the season, you can do it exclusively on the only thing that people have seen so far, which is, honestly, an easier way to do a sell-high show. Because when all someone has seen is the data that's out there, it's much easier to convince people, or you don't have to do it, maybe the numbers do it by themselves, that that's what that player is going to be. As we hit week seven, eight, nine, you start to have to build your sell highs and buy lows on things that are happening within the season in certain smaller chunks of time. And so that's basically what we're rolling on today and most likely going forward outside of little things that creep in, trade rumors, shutdowns, injuries, things of that nature. You can, of course, come hang with all of us in our Discord. The link is in the show description. I would also uh, encourage everyone who's watching the show uh, or even listening, I guess, after the fact. If you have questions for me about sell high players or about other stuff, use the comments tab after the show is fully posted That's something where I get email alerts. I sweep through the YouTube comment section once a day or so, uh, and that's an opportunity to get a hold of me in a way that isn't lost in a vast stream of notifications over on Twitter. It's week nine, so again, we are basically a third of the way now through the NBA season. Basketball Monster has it as 32%, which is, again, pretty much as close as you can get to that. We've got guys coming back from injury. We somehow managed to go through a day yesterday without any massive stuff, but we'll get to that in our recap show coming up in a couple of hours after this one. For now, I want to talk about the players to sell in Week 9, and I want to talk about some of the stuff that's been happening with our sell-high board over the last two weeks. You guys might recall that Terry Rozier made our sell-high list, and he is still on our sell-high list because LaMelo Ball is still out. There still hasn't been any sort of information on exactly when LaMelo's coming back. We heard that maybe he was making some progress as like last week. I think there was a, he's getting closer little tidbit that popped up, but that was his all. That was all we got. So still out for, we don't know how long meaning Rozier is still doing LaMelo's job. He's averaging 23 points, seven assists Rozier shooting 87% at the free throw line. He's at 47% from the field which is above, I think, any of our expectations. And that's not to say that Rozier won't have a good fantasy season even after ball comes back, but he won't be this guy. Right now, he's the de facto point guard. So the assists are through the roof. And I think the problem with the Rozier sell high, and we talked about this last week as well, is that everybody knows that it's tied to Lamelo, So you simply cannot wait until news breaks on LaMelo's return. You have to try to unload Rosier now where it's really hard to do so because you want to be cashing in on what he's done also. Last week, I think I said if you could get top 50, it was worthwhile. I still basically feel that way, although now with another good week under his belt, he's still number 28. You could potentially aim as high as 40 or 45. See about guys in that range that don't have a big scoring profile. If maybe you could get those dudes back uh, like a Nick Claxton. He's number 43. Uh, Anthony Simons at 46 is intriguing, although, yeah, honestly, it's possible that Rozier beats him. Miles Turner, who's been in and out of the lineup, and he's had some games with foul trouble and blowout losses, so his minutes are somewhat artificially depressed. These are guys that you could potentially aim for. I don't think you're going to get much higher than that. Maybe a Desmond Bain with jaw coming back if people have a total freakout. That's about, I think, as high as you could go on a... Uh, repeat Rozier Shaden sharp has completely fallen off a cliff. Now he's hurt. So that cell window is now closed. He was one of our names a couple weeks ago. You knew he was going to fall off when guys came back because he has efficiency stuff. Hopefully you were able to cash in. Uh, Anthony Simons was on our cell high board last week when he was in the twenties, he's fallen into the forties already. And you knew this was going to happen because he had made all of his free throws to that point. Nobody was going to shoot a hundred percent at the foul line. He's taken, I think he was taking like 22 shots. Now he's under 20 by a little, 19.8. But that team, I guess with sharp hurt, maybe he gets a slight bump again. But you kind of knew. Now with Simons, who I like, mind you. I don't. People read too much into whether a sell high board means I do or do not like a player. That has nothing to do with it. It's whether I believe that their rank is going to move up or down. I still think Simons probably falls a little bit farther. Uh, his fantasy game is... Somewhat limited. He's not a big steals guy. He's going to score and hit threes. His assists are kind of high right now. I don't know if those stick. And you're going to get some free throw stuff out of him. Uh, I think there's a chance he could fall a little bit farther. But because he's scored so much so far this year, you can probably aim for someone also in that same range as Rozier, like in the 40 to 55 window. And it probably will work. Let's get into some names uh, for this week. I actually surprised myself. I didn't mean to turn the slide already, but I did it. So screw it. We're going to go ahead. We've talked about this dude on our recap shows throughout the week, uh, both Monday and Tuesday's recap show, I believe. And uh, sell high guy number one is Cam Thomas. And I know what you're thinking, Dan, Cam Thomas is ranked outside the top 100 on the season. How is this a guy that I'm going to be able to sell high? Well, because again, people aren't just looking at the overall season number in Week 9. People have visceral reactions to what they've seen particular players do recently. And Cam Thomas recently has been a monster because he's one of those guys that runs extraordinarily hot and extraordinarily cold, and there's really no in-between for him. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus. Not available in all locations. And right now, he's running hot. Real hot. Went 15 for 24 in a game in Golden State four days ago. And went 12 for 23 in a game at Utah two days ago. He has 73 points over his last two ball games. He has 10 three-pointers. He's 9 for 9 at the free throw line. But it's easier for people to forget that the previous, uh, I think it's 6 or 7 ball games, he was shooting at about 35% on extremely high volume. And all of Cam Thomas' value is tied up in his field goal percent. I mean that. Because when his field goal percent is up, that means his scoring is up. It means his three-pointers are up. And it all floats together. And then the field goal percent comes down, the scoring comes down, the three-pointers come down, the activity is a little bit lower. He doesn't get steals, basically ever. His turnovers are going to be sort of medium because he's handling the ball a ton. He doesn't really rebound. He doesn't really pass all that much. So really, everything is tied to whether or not his shot is going in. And right now it's going in. And so whoever has him, if it's you, you're looking at it like, oh, sweet, this guy's gonna average 30 points a game. It's really weird the way that happens, but I promise you, if you stop and you think about it, you're not gonna be you're going to be too emotional about Cam Thomas because of how hot and cold he gets. But this is your moment because when he gets hot for three, four, five ball games in a row, you know it's not gonna last forever. He's gonna bounce from where he was, which was one thirty range. He's gonna bounce back up towards seventy five, and then he's gonna get cold and he's gonna fall back towards that one thirty mark again. And it's this back and forth, the pendulum. We don't know how long it's going to take between each one. A couple of weeks here and there. This is when you got to cash in. Because people are going to see that over the last week, he's averaging 28 points a game. People are going to know that over the last two, he's averaging 30 some odd points a game. And they're going to want him. Because they're going to, in their mind, be unable to separate the full picture from the small section of the picture. So go see if you can get somebody in the sixty-five range for him, which I think is maybe a little bit of a stretch, but possibly doable. Um, Demar Derozan, who I still think is a buy low, is a possibility in there. Tyus Jones, who's been finally on the rise, is a low in like a low name profile guy. Prior to last night, you might have been able to even get like a DeAndre Ayton. Um, Mike Conley is a low turnovers iteration. I don't. I still think Keldon Johnson falls off a little bit, but he's in that range as someone you could possibly get. If you're willing to take a shot on Zach Levine, you could almost definitely get him for Cam Thomas right now because Levine is like if Cam Thomas just shot 45% almost every ball game, He's like what you want Cam Thomas to be when it all levels off. You could buy low on Tobias Harris. I'm pretty sure... You could probably buy on Franz Wagner. I don't know if I'm aiming quite high enough there. Jeremy Grant is a possibility. There are a lot of guys that don't have those wild swings that you could use Cam Thomas for right now, and I would encourage it if possible. I just talked about Jeremy Grant as a guy you could use if you wanted to uh, trade Cam Thomas, but I also think that Jeremy Grant might be developing his own little sell-high, small-pocket window. I don't think this one's quite as severe as the Cam Thomas sell-high, but I do think that because Grant has looked so good in his two games since coming back from his concussion, people that have him rostered, in this case it would be you because you're selling high, are starting to think that this is actually what he's just going to do forever. But we all know We're all reasonable people. We know that that's just not the case. He's averaging 26 points, four boards, four assists, two threes, and he's shooting 57% over the last week since coming back from his concussion. He's at 91% from the free throw line. We know Jeremy Grant isn't going to shoot 57% on high volume. And that's really where this issue is. If we're thinking about the entire season for Grant, in all likelihood, and there's fears of shutdown stuff towards the end of the year. But in all likelihood, he's probably more of a 60 to 80 range type of fantasy player. I think right now he's at 77. And, you know, that's with a pretty good last week. Uh, The game he came out early was sort of weighing things down a little bit. If Sharp is out, that gives him a little bit more to do. But Simons is back. So he's not going to do as much as he did the first go-round. Meaning... That Grant, who's, uh, again, 77 right now overall, but because he's been so good the last week, if you could aim for somebody just like 10 or 15 slots higher than where he is on the season overall, I think this is a reasonable time to do it. And it's all the names that I just mentioned for Cam Thomas other than his own name. Demario Rosen would be an interesting one. I don't think you want to do the Zach Levine thing there because Grant is is consistent enough where you're giving up a performer for someone you don't actually know is going to... Work his way up the board, Uh, Michael Porter Jr., Uh, Conley again. If you need assists and not as worried about scoring, Uh, Kobe White, who's been very hot. I don't think you're going to be able to get him not while Zach Levine is out because Kobe's going crazy. Tobias Harris, the buy low. Tyus Jones, as we mentioned, DeAndre Ayton. These guys all actually make a lot of sense as a can I use Jeremy Grant to lock in some sixty some odd range value and then I don't have to worry about the swings. I don't have to worry about the injuries. I don't have to worry about the shutdown. If you target a guy who's on a team you think is going to be competing towards the end of the season. Again, small margins here. This is a small margins one. Cam Thomas is the bigger margin where you can probably cash in on a hot streak and maybe get a two or three round bump. With Grant, you're really just trying to sort of throw his numbers in carbonite effectively. You just want to lock in what Grant does without any fears of the fall off. So it's less of a sell high and more of a opportune sell moment because he's playing relatively well. He has this little stretch since coming back from concussion. Grant does where he's been better than his overall numbers, and people may have sort of forgotten what the overall numbers are going to creep back to. So can you lock in a less risky proposition in that same exact realm? I think the answer is maybe, but you might as well give it a try. Gordon Hayward is the next name on the list, Uh, and this is one now that I feel pretty confident about saying we got to try to get something while we can because he's number 118 on the season overall, but he falls into a similar boat as Terry Rozier, as a guy who is putting up better numbers when LaMelo Ball is on the shelf. As soon as we get any kind of report, same like adjusting the same deal as Rozier, as soon as we get any report that LaMelo Ball is coming back, all of these players lose their fantasy value and fantasy appeal. Quick reminder, by the way, at the 15-minute mark to please come find me on Twitter, at Dan Bespris, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and rate and review the podcast. It's such an easy thing to do. And check out our buddies over at manscaped.com. Promo code there is ethos20 to get 20% off your order and free shipping. It's better than the coupon they have running on the website. So definitely make sure you use our coupon to get an extra 10% off on everything Their running coupon is 10. Ours is 20. Our specialty coupon is 20. Ethos two zero is the promo code. Get yourself a handyman. The traditional electric razor, a lawnmower, 5.0 Ultra, the shears, boxer briefs, shaving creams, all kinds of incredible stuff. They make a very high-quality product. Christmas just five days away. You may have to go expedited shipping at this point. Or if you just take the free shipping and just tell the person, the loved one in your life, hey, your present's on the way. will be there in a couple of days. Do it now. Stop waiting. Manscaped.com. Go get something good. People will be pleased you did. As far as Gordon Hayward goes, first of all, over the last couple of weeks, he's been number 62. He's worked his way back up the page a little bit. That's good. The problem, of course, with Gordon Hayward is that we know it's not sustainable. We saw it for a few weeks to start the year when Terry Rozier was out and Miles Bridges was out. Those guys are back other than the game in Canada. Lamelo is on the way. When this team is at full tilt, Gordon Hayward is outside the top 100. But as long as he's cruising along right now, you can probably get someone just barely inside the top 100 in that 80 to 100 range. That, again, you're not, you're not going to be able to get somebody who has sort of uh, eye-popping appeal. But you should be able to get somebody who's a little bit more, let's call it fantasy mellow. Not La Mello, Not Carmelo. Just fantasy mellow. So if you're willing to take a shot on an injured player, you might be able to target a Jalen Duran. If you're willing to take a shot on someone who's at a shooting slump, you could almost definitely get Max Struess right now because he's shooting like 30% over the last 10 days. He's fallen 25 slots because of it, but you know he's going to get hot here in the not-too-distant future. You could probably get Trey Murphy uh, over in New Orleans, who I, you know, I think we all view as sort of a top 100 or slightly better range guy. Jakob Purtle might be attainable. He's number 94 right now. Let's see if anybody's a little higher up. Jared Allen has been kind of slumping. Maybe you could go that direction. I doubt you could get Boyan Bogdanovich or Walker Kessler. Those would kind of be my favorites. Derek Lively's hurt. You might be able to get him right now if you're willing to take on an injured player for a couple of weeks. But he's way better than Gordon Hayward rest of the way. DeAnthony Melton... Uh, you're seeing the scoring come down as that team gets fully healthy again. Maybe an attainable player. You should try if you can. Those types of guys, the sort of low-scoring but fantasy-appropriate 75 to 105 range dudes that you just you sort of know are not going to disappear when someone comes running back. That's the Gordon Hayward move right now. You're not going to be able to go any higher than that. But again, can you lock it in? I think there's a chance, and if there is, you should take it. And our last one, and this is a hard one because I actually really like the player, and that's Tari Eason, who's playing extraordinarily well right now. Loving me some Tari Eason these days. Let me explain myself on this one because uh, I want to make sure that folks don't uh, confuse me saying sell high with me not really liking the player. Because I think Tari Eason is going to have a good rest of his season. What I don't know about Eason is how perfectly locked in the minutes are. Last two weeks, he's number 78 in about 25 and a half minutes per game. And the last one week, he's number 48 on 28 minutes per ball game. Here's the thing, though. Over the last week, in four games, Eason's averaging 15 and 9 With 3.1 defensive stats. He's a good steals guy. Make no mistake. He's a very good steals guy. But that number is probably not sustainable. When you think about how many players in the NBA are over two steals per game this year, the answer is three. Two of them are extraordinarily low sample size guys in Marcus Smart and then John Morant, who played one game and had two steals. And the other one is Shea Gilgis-Alexander. So as much as we love Tari Eason, he's not going to average 2.3 steals per ball game. It's probably not going to average 9 rebounds per game either, but I don't want to completely write that off. So in this case, we'll just talk about the steals alone and what doing 2.3 steals actually means for individual weak fantasy value. And right now, what it means, basically, is that he's over his skis. If you take away that big, big impact stat, or just slim it by a tad he drops back down towards that 75 range. So I think because he's been running so hot and because he's the shining new object, this is actually a moment, if you wanted to, that you could sell high on Tari Eason. That doesn't mean that you have to if you want to see how it goes and say, man, you know what? I hope that this guy just gets 28 minutes a game the rest of the year, and I hope he's just a top 65 guy, and I feel like such a smart dude for picking him up uh, after that first or second good ball game. Great. If that makes you feel better in your heart or your brain or whatever, that's all totally fine. The reason I bring it up right now is that this is your perfect opportunity, if you wanted one, to cash in on the value of the unknown. Everybody in fantasy loves the shiny new object. And right now, Tari Eason, again, much as we adore him, I love him on all of our teams. I wanted to make sure we got him in as many places as humanly possible. Mad at myself that I didn't put in a big enough fab bid on him to get him in all the Yahoo public leagues I'm in. Yes, love him. But so does everybody right now. Because he's new and he's fresh and he's putting up big numbers and people have an inability in their minds to understand how big a player can actually be. Players have convinced themselves that anything is now possible for Easton. That he's just going to like magically be a top 50 guy the entire season. But think about how often... There are waiver guys who actually roll top 50 the rest of the way when there isn't, like, two guys out on a basketball team. It's unbelievably rare. Almost never happens. Almost never happens. Because fantasy analysts are all very good these days. We see these things prior to the season starting. Everybody's rostered. So... These get That type of stuff just doesn't pop up. Now, are there guys that pop up that run 75, 80, 85 kind of stuff? Yeah, that does happen regularly. So I think right now, because Eason is so shiny and new, and people really don't know how high he can go, you can target somebody with rest-of-season safe appeal in that 60 to 80 range, and I think you can get it. Now, don't give him up for somebody who's not fun, okay? That's the rule here on Eason, because I think he's going to be kind of a fun player to roster. How fun? I don't know, but some fun. But if you can get somebody who has that rest-of-season, safe, reliable appeal in the 60-85 to or 60-90 to range, you do it. Start high, work down the board. Could you get Mike Conley because he doesn't score that much? Eh, Maybe. You never know try it. Could you get uh, Jalen Suggs? Maybe. I mean, he's like what Tara Eason does, but without rebounds and hitting some (laughs) three-pointers. Better free throw, lower field goal. Could you get Derek Lively? I'd do it. Could you get Jeremy Grant? Probably not. Drew Holiday? You might be able to get Drew Holiday. I think people that have him are pretty frustrated right now. Could you get Jared Allen? Probably not. Could you get an injured Darius Garland? Probably not, but maybe. Jalen Williams, Jalen Duran, There are some names out there. I think you'll all be very surprised at how good people feel about Tari Eason right now and what it might actually be the rest of the way. So I think he could go top 75. I don't think he can go top 50. And so that's why I think if you can get somebody in there, where you, again, just lock it in. And this is a sell high, not in that I think his numbers are going to taper off a ton. This is a sell high because of the shine. The shine of something new is so, is illuminating right now. And thank you. I want to make sure that you guys, uh, thank you to everybody for actually listening through that. Because if I just put the name up on the board, people are like, oh, Dan thinks Tyra Eason's going to go bad. I don't. I just think right now, because he just burst onto the scene, there's this extra glow that nobody else in the league has right now, because no one else just burst onto the scene. Good call, by the way, if someone in the chat room, Jalen Williams last year is like the only one in the last half decade that came off the waiver wire and then rolled top 50 the rest of the way without someone having to get out of his way to do it. Although there were like four injuries on Oklahoma City that helped, and then he carried it through. There were stupid injuries. It was like Poku, Jeremiah Robinson-Earl, uh, someone else. There were like three guys that probably shouldn't have been in the rotation that all went down, and that's when he started taking shots. But that's about the closest example we can come up with of a guy coming out of nowhere to be a top 50 play for the rest of the season. So chances are that Eason settles back in. And if we can capitalize on the shine... That's what you do it right now. That's your sell High show, everybody. We will be back in, I don't know, two hours, something like that, two, two and a half hours. We'll have our daily breakdown show. Please make sure to come back and hang out with us for that one. Subscribe. That's the way to make sure that you will get an alert when that show comes out and whatever else we're doing the rest of the week. Uh, Stay tuned to find out what the hell those might be, because I haven't even planned out the rest of the week yet, because... Kids are on winter break, and things are weird right now. I am Dan Baspris over on social, at Dan Baspris. Again, make sure to leave comments if you guys want me to try to attack that at some point later in the day. That's for anybody. If you're listening to the pod on the traditional channels, you can still navigate over to our YouTube page, youtube.com sportsethos. Use the comments tab on pretty much any show, honestly. And at some point, I'll get an email alert about it, and I'll try to come check that out. So that's a good way to get a hold of me. Again, rate, like, subscribe hang out with us. Discord links in the description. Manscape code is Ethos20. That's all the important stuff. Ethos Fantasy BK. That's where you should be getting your news over on social as well. And I'll see you guys in a couple of hours. Let's go cash in and sell some high. <laughs> Later everybody.